Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Sarah and welcome back to another episode of Talking Fast. Alongside me, just like every single week, is Manager Jacob. And the people would like to know, what are you eating or drinking this week? Okay, well, Sarah, I didn't actually drink this yet, but I walked past it in the grocery store and I was like, I have to talk about this on the show because I feel very passionate about it. Pink lemonade in the like frozen concentrate. Oh, when you like mix thing. it into the water. You do that as a kid. Like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I made orange juice like that as a kid. I grew yeah. up on orange juice in that, like the minute made stuff. Well, because they used to be really inexpensive. They used to literally be like 25 I cents. Like, yeah, <laughs> I know. They're still like, I think it's like a dollar 29 or something like that. But still, like, like they now. used to be like 25 cents. I know. You could go in four you, for you a can, dollar. Yeah. That is a wild, that's a wild amount of pink lemonade. <laughs> I was going to say, we have to bring pink lemonade back. And I don't know what it is about that's that's in the air. Maybe it's because we don't have a lot of snow here in Toronto right now. Mm. Uh, but I'm just, I've kind of decided in my mind to skip winter and go straight to summer vibes. And I think the pink lemonade is something that I'm going to be going to a lot. Interesting. Here. I don't know the last time I drank pink lemonade, but I respect I was, it. I was thinking about it. So I just wanted to shout out pink lemonade. Uh, what about you? What are you drinking this week? I'm back on my bullshit. I'm back on my Diet Coke addiction. I kicked it for a long time and I wasn't drinking a lot of Diet Coke. And I was only drinking it when I needed like that afternoon pick me up and didn't want coffee. A little buzz, yeah. But now I'm on Diet Coke TikTok. Have you ever been on Diet Coke TikTok? Can't say I have, no. So Diet Coke... Diet Coke TikTok is like talking about the different types of Diet Coke and how in a can versus a fountain versus a bottle. Bottles like the What is your preferred Diet Coke? Fountain. Fountain. Really? Is that controversial? I I feel like most people like the cans. Fountain, then can. Okay. Then followed by bottle or whatever I need. You go wild and go two liter bottle of Diet Coke? No, I don't. (laughs) I can't say I do. But I will say I 
it's not as like heavy i was like really addicted to diet coke like this time last year it's back it's not too strong i literally at one point was buying cases to keep under my desk at work because Ooh. i was like tired of paying three dollars for a can of diet coke i talked about it on this podcast that is addict behavior so now <laughs> i'm i treated myself to one today i just i love the taste of it. i can't help it it's so good so i'm back on my diet coke addiction okay what about what we're watching or reading this week sarah what do you got so the Oscar nominees were announced this week uh, that we're Some recording snubs. this. Some snubs. I can't even get into that debate because like, I mean like Margot, whatever. Greta's the one that hurt me. That, yeah. Like that one's the one that hurt. I really don't care about Margot Robbie. Like she's going to be in a million other movies. What are some standout a- Oscar noms for you then? For, uh, I re- okay, so th- my whole thing is I'm going to start watching all the movies. Again. Oh, So okay, I watch yeah. the movies every year or I try to. There's some that I don't watch. So I have my list now. I've watched a few, but like I had watched some films like May, December in hopes of like them getting a best picture nominee nothing. so that I would like beat it. And then they got nominated for nothing. So anyway, I know I'm, I'm going to need to start going through my list. I'm going to go see poor things next week. I'm going to go see, well, on, I think I can just watch at home. Um, oh my God. Uh, Have you seen past lives? Past lives. I've not watched yet. That's Ooh, also on so my list. Good. Oh, oh you God. saw it? Yeah, it is it's so Canadian good. That made, or that directed it. I didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, that's another snub. Greta Lee not getting Best mm. Actress was also another snub. So anyways, I'm going to go through all of the Oscar-nominated movies for Best Picture specifically. I've seen like, out of the 10, I've seen like four of them. So I've got some work to do. But if I start it now, then we'll be fine by the middle of March. And so maybe like my what I'm watching every week for the next few weeks is just going to be whatever <laughs> Oscar film I've been watching. That's a good so. one though, because I noticed I, I've only seen of the Best Picture nominations, I think three. So I was like, I got some work to do because they're 10, right? Yeah, there's 10. So I... Yeah, I gotta go watch Maestro. I really don't want to, but I'm gonna watch it because it's nominated. And yeah, yeah. So there's some that I'll like watch just to get through. I do that every year, but this is the year I'm gonna get through all ten. I've never gone okay. through all ten. I always like, I always stop at like eight. <laughs> like there's just <laughs> well, some you that know I never there's end some on the fringes that are like nominated, but have I don't no need shot. to exactly. Yeah. So, but this year actually seems like a, the, a category of movies that I would actually be interested in watching. Mm-hmm. So I think I can get through all ten. Okay. What okay. about you? What are you watching? Okay, maybe I don't know. Nostalgia might just be like <laughs> rolling through my my veins right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I caught myself doing? A lot of people make fun of people who just like are sh- shooting videos and photos mm-hmm. all the time when they're traveling or just like in every day. I am someone who goes back and looks at that stuff all the time. I so look I, at it on planes. Oh yeah. Were you on the plane looking? No, at it? I was just at home. I was lying on the couch. I was recovering after. I was getting a little rest in after like a long trip. Oh. Uh, but I was. You're just camera roll videos. Yeah, like a camera roll videos, and I think it's because uh, I was talking in a family group chat about a couple of other things, mm. and I'm like, oh, remember this time last year? Sometimes you just forget. It's if you live a busy life, the stuff that you've actually been doing. Yeah. Especially in like the the winter time when you're a little down and whatnot, take a scroll through your videos and just rem- remember the good times. Oh my God, I've done it for. <laughs> Well, so like everyone's like, who takes videos at concerts and watches them back? Me. I'm that yes. person. When I'm on an airplane, I sit there. Like when I was flying from Chicago to Montana, it was only like a two-hour flight. And I sat there and relived the Eras tour on my phone. I rewatched every single one of my videos in full. And it killed like over an hour of time. I love that. I'll do concert videos as well. Yeah. And it'd be like, sometimes you have versions that they haven't even released exactly. as well. Or right? like, it's really cool to see how they performed it. Or like, you forget how like you just go back to that moment so i'm all for going back and watching your camera roll videos i love that um what about what we're listening to okay this is a big one you know i threw that party uh called just friends it was a vibe a couple of months back it was vibey so one of the guys i threw it with uh sugar jesus my buddy andre yeah sugar jesus so he actually produced this artist kaiser's new album oh and it 
the track has just dropped, I think, when this is coming out, the previous Friday. So it comes out. The track is amazing. Uh, I'm, I know we're just in early God, months you here. You can't I'm say not it. calling it the song of the summer. I'm saying it. I'm adding it to my playlist. warmer weather, sunshining playlist because it <laughs> oh is a good vibe. Think of songs of summer 2.0. If you haven't listened to it. You got you to gotta check it out. Heaven Ain't Calling by Kaiza and Sugar Jesus. Right on. That is what I'm listening to Is it going to be played week. at the next time you do it Just Friends? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Probably five times. If I'm the one DJing, I'm just going to like put one song I like on well, repeat for an hour. Well, it'll be yes and for an hour <laughs> <laughs> or whatever you're hyper fixated on at that time. What about you this week, Sarah? What are you listening to? I am listening. I'm back on my podcast game. I'd fallen off for a little bit, but listening to different shows. But I'm back to listening to Smartlist because, again, going Ooh. with like Oscar season because they're like seen as like a legit media organization, which is crazy to me. But it's like whatever. They get all the big Oscar nominated actors on. Right, so okay. Emma Stone's the episode I'm listening to right now. I love Emma Stone. So like getting to like hear her in a more casual setting like this is like really refreshing. So yeah, I'm listening to like all like the ones related to like film and movies right now. I'm very much like in that space. Well, a good accompaniment to watching all the best picture nominations exactly. then too, right? Go see Poor Things next week and then also have just listened to this with exactly. Emma Stone. Exactly. So I feel like I'll get to like know more about the films and the people behind them, which is really cool. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, what about somewhere you went this week, Sarah? So another bar opened up in the well. I saw someone commented on my TikTok. I still have like, been. Someone, that's wild. Someone commented on my TikTok. It was like, Toronto TikTokers love nothing more than the well. And I was like, <laughs> it's actually kind of accurate. But it's because everyone kind of lives in that area, like lives west. Well, and so, everyone, but yeah. <laughs> are you a Toronto TikToker? <laughs> So oh. it's so close to my, like it's so close. It's like a five minute walk. So another bar opened up. Tara and I went last night and it's actually a bar that's in Calgary. So Lulu is a restaurant in Calgary. It's a restaurant bar. It's like Polynesian inspired. Ooh, okay. um, and it's got like really good food and the cocktails are really fun. And they're like not crazy expensive. Like you're not paying like $28. For like, it's like under $20 for a cocktail. Right. And they're like, they come in fun glasses, like cats and stuff like that. And the cocktails are really, really good. So we went back last night. First time I went to the one in Toronto, beautiful location. It's stunning. It has two floors. Absolutely loved Ooh. it. So I definitely want to go back and actually go for like dinner. Yeah. But I went twice when I was in Calgary and I loved it. So it was just, it's cool. It's like, I like that something came here that I've I like when they do some else. transplants like that. Yeah. yeah so you it know was really good. Be good. Yeah, exactly. So great vibes. It's like pretty much the exact same menu and everything is the Calgary location too. So definitely go to check out Lulu, Lulu Bar, I don't know what it's called, but Lulu in uh, The Well. It was really good. And I just can't wait till more stuff opens up there. Okay, I got to go take a trip over there then and check out yeah, a few you these need things. To. Um, where is somewhere that you went? This okay, week? well, I went, it wasn't exactly this week, but I went back there to pick them up. These are old frames. If you're watching the video version of this, I got new glasses, technically, because I've had these frames for a few years now, actually, but I like them a lot. These are your old frames. Yeah, you probably haven't seen me wear these, actually. Probably not. What, Not since what we your started frames working together normal? years what ago. Your frames they actually looked identical look like? okay. to this, but I broke the other ones. But I found oh. these, and I was like, I, I used to love those glasses, so I, I went back. My eyes have gotten worse. Sarah. Oh no! It's not going to be age? a surprise with my age over the hill over here that <laughs> I had to go and update my prescription, which is never an easy, like a fun thing to do. But listen, shout out those like health appointments that you got to go out and like and <laughs> get do. done because I can actually see now. Yeah, I, it's alarming how little I can see right now and I really need to go get my eyes checked. So you just reminded me, maybe I'll book an appointment tomorrow because it's necessary. It is so easy to put off an, an optometrist appointment. Yeah. But once you go out and do it, you're like, oh, this isn't actually that bad. Sarah, finish us off. Something you did this week. So 
I've started lifting weights. Oh, lifting okay. not very heavy things, but heavy things to me. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what I'm doing. I often just go on TikTok and look up arm workout routine, like workout routine. And it's actually really easy because I just like, I follow along with the video and it's very straightforward. I learned like a little bit from going like workout classes, like at 45 and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like such a gym bro when I have like my over ear headphones on because I only ever have like earbuds because normally I'm running or doing cardio. But when you're doing weights, it's like you're just lifting heavy things so you don't have to like, you can have the over ear headphone. I don't yeah. know. I just yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. I like fit the aesthetic of it now. But I've been really enjoying it so far. And I like feeling like stronger. So have you ever done like a root? What do you call it? Like a, I'm, I don't do this either. Like a like, weights clearly. routine? <laughs> a weights routine? I no. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like setting a program and like no. You know, I, there are different so, milestones when you like up your weight. Then for sure. Too, so, right. You can kind of see the progression. I've never done that. I did watch a TikTok where the girl was basically like, "You should be struggling to get through like ten reps of something. Like, yeah. it, it should be like, or like she by the last five, you should be like feeling it and struggling. If you're not, then you need to go up. up yeah. So that's how I've been like judging it like just because it makes it very simple so i'm just allowing myself and giving myself the grace to like get into a routine of just actively doing it so right now i'm trying to do it three times a week so i did three times last oh, week that's good. i'm gonna it'll be three times this week and then once i'm in the routine of just making it part of my routine then i think maybe i'll try like get more specific get more specific like, like on a specific arm days but i don't really follow arm, arm leg day, day whatever day, cetera, so yeah. i'm just allowing myself the first month just to like get into the routine of lifting well that's and good because it also we'll benefits speaking about like some of these running races that we have coming up strength training we got another uh, member of our team for the spring runoff dean joined yesterday oh so. well, hell yeah yeah so, if you're doing the spring runoff here in toronto or the sporting life 10k we have up. we have a talking team. fast running faster team teams. and teams win prizes like there's prizes for and like we the best teams. want to win and we have some very good runners that are running influencers on our team so we have a good <laughs> chance know. of winning yeah actually. we had some big names join yeah, the team which did. is great so if you want to be you know, on a winning come, team like I am come be attached to some people <laughs> to who are professionals who can make <laughs> us look good join the team but yes also say is I, the lifting is the whole point is so I can get stronger for like running like that's yeah, the reason I started totally. doing it yeah so. which I think is overlooked I know I overlooked that aspect of like functional my, strength yeah. training to benefit other sports and it was my physiotherapist running. that told me I need to start doing it and she's like and then that way you'll be able to like recover faster everything will and be easier. potentially avoid injury too well which is my calf me. she's like go like actually properly weights like yeah, do it exactly so what about you what's something that you did okay one other shout out i didn't talk about this in the last episode when we were going or two episodes ago when we were talking about boston um we also went in boston to moulin rouge the musical oh. or like live theater and i was like whoa it's actually been a little while since i've gone to like a musical and done seen live theater yeah i think you went recently right to one of them here yeah i went well i've been to a few i went to like this christmas is one that right. was really good i went to go see the Atlantis Morissette one yeah and i used to do it pretty, pretty often regular. there's yeah. some really good shows this year that you should see in toronto yeah there's toronto does have, that's what i was looking at Les I was like, Mis, good shows. Wicked. and there's something about you know it's when we're doing the podcast and like looking at what we watched or read this week, sometimes it's like, wow, I didn't really consume anything. Or like I watched a TV mm-hmm. show, tried to start a TV show that wasn't very good. Put in a big time investment into like watching two episodes or three episodes of a show just to know that it's not something you want to see. Yeah. I feel like live theater, it's also just a couple hours of investment. But yeah, like there true. is nothing like going and seeing a story told in front of you, I think. And, and the I raw seen talent. That. Yeah, exactly. And I hadn't seen that in a while. So I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do, that's maybe a goal of mine is to, to go see, see some more live theater. theater. There's some really good shows this year. I will send you a list of recommendations. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you.
Today, I'm so excited to welcome our guest, Jen Harper, founder of Cheekbone Beauty, the first ever indigenous-owned and founded cosmetics company. After gaining popularity quickly from being on Dragon's Den, Cheekbone Beauty is helping indigenous youth see themselves in a beauty brand. I'm so excited to dive deeper into the brand and everything beauty. Please welcome Jen Harper. Thanks for coming on. We're so excited to have you. Thanks for having me. And in person, too. In person. That's what most people, it's like... We ask if they've done a podcast before, and a lot of people, it's like, yes, but virtual, like through Zoom. So sometimes the lights and the microphone and everything is people's first experience. So we're very excited. Uh, So let's just get started with like the beginning of the brand. We know that you've said before that it came to you in a dream. Can you explain to our listeners like how that happens and how that manifests into like a massive beauty brand that's like, I can find at Sephora now? (laughs) <laughs> like that's crazy that you just like dreamt it and then yeah. like you actually like put it into action like normal people just have a dream and go back to sleep <laughs> that's and what I was thinking I was gonna say yeah not yeah. everyone I, I definitely haven't had a dream woken up and then immediately wrote a success uh, not just not a business plan a but one that you actually follow through with <laughs> yeah it's it's an insane story um so I always preface this by, I think it's funny because people, uh, like I'm indigenous native, so they're mm-hmm. like, was it a vision? And I'm like, no, this <laughs> no. was like, I'm sleeping and pop, pop out of bed middle of the night. And all I remember from this dream mm-hmm. is three native little girls covered in lip gloss and they were giggling and laughing and had the rosiest cheeks. I When I woke up, I did write down, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, figure out how to make a lip gloss. That was yeah. the product at the time. Yeah. And then I wanted to use a portion of the profits to do something to support my community. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what that looked like or what that meant, yeah. but those were just the initial original ideas. And uh, fast forward to all these years later, sure enough, we we sell products, you know, lots of mm-hmm. color cosmetics products. And then we're a B Corp certified company. So we give and commit 2% of our annual revenues back oh, to causes that matter. And for us, that's our indigenous uh, scholarship fund, as well as 1% for the planet, because the whole mission of our brand is about um, sustainability through this idea of through this indigenous mm-hmm. lens of like thinking about how indigenous people lived long before um you know arrival to modern day north america and what that looked like for for my community which Mm -hmm. are anishinaabe people and i'm ojibwe from from that tribe but yeah so i think when i go back and i think about that time having the dream then doing this i think i have to be really open and honest because that's not a normal thing to do and I was recently sober when I had that dream. So mm-hmm. I had battled alcoholism for many years and it was November 26, 2014. I get sober. This dream happens January 2015. So like two oh months later. And I think I was just at a point in my life where I just knew I wanted a new career path. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time of me being newly sober, I was learning about the residential school system and that both of my grandparents survived that. And I really wanted to do something to help my community. I just didn't mm-hmm. know what that looked like. I was a big fan of brands like Patagonia and Tom Shoes that mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. where you can really create a business but like like doing good at the same time and I'm like is that even possible and that was the beginning of the idea and where here we are today is your background like in the makeup space or was it was literally the lip gloss absolutely not I was selling fish (laughs) I worked for a seafood company oh wow I've been in the food industry for all of my career up until the last do you think do you think that that maybe benefited you then to not have uh like the strict background of how Mm -hmm. someone should build a beauty company where you can maybe then it's a little bit not easier necessarily but you can be more focused on maintaining those values that are core to the business itself to build 
that foundation up as opposed to trying to copy another maybe existing brand in the space? Absolutely. Being Mm -hmm. naive, I think, gives you this incredible delusion about yeah. what is possible and what you mm-hmm. know and what you can do. Uh, but I think not knowing how the industry already operated was a huge advantage. But I have said, I'm really open that if I knew what I know now about the industry, about the space and the highly, highly competitive nature of this industry mm-hmm. and in all honesty, how easy it was to start, which means so many more people entered this space, mm-hmm. I would not have done it because it's oh, so, so hard and growing has been so hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like five conglomerates own the entire beauty oh, no. industry right. and they're all like technically yeah. run by like French white dudes from France, mm-hmm. right? Like that's LVMH. who runs the whole, that's who runs, <laughs> and then like Cody and yeah. Estee Lauder, and it's just, And then they just so buy cool. up all the other ones. Even at, like now, like Kylie Cosmetics, at one point when people are like, oh, that's like a growing, like Cody buys it, so then it becomes the same thing. I actually was at a makeup event last night, and I was sitting there as they were like releasing these products. I was sitting there thinking, I was like, how many lipsticks though are like in stores already? And I was like, and then how is this one different? And then it's like, I'm looking at the products and go, oh, clearly this is inspired by something else that another brand already did. And then it's yeah. all just like slightly different. So then in a super highly like competitive environment, obviously with like the pillars of what your company stands for, is that how you guys stand out? Yeah, so I've said that for years. I'm like, the world didn't need another lipstick brand. Like for goodness exactly. sakes, there's so many. But it, what it did need one was that represented indigenous people and 100%. I felt like the the I guess the brands that existed were very um they were leaving a lot of people out right mm-hmm. and so that was the initial foundation I always say our foundation is this concept about representation and how much it matters mm-hmm. and I think honestly on this psychographic level as humans I don't think we fully understand how much it does matter mm-hmm. uh, I recognize now uh, you know, from my own community, the feedback we get of people just like crying while they're standing in front of our like Sephora display and Mm -hmm. people that I don't even know personally. Like Mm -hmm. I met someone this week when I was at a speaking event and she said she just stood there in with so much pride. And I was thinking, um, I I had shared this story a lot over the last couple of years because it was really powerful for me. I've been saying from the beginning, I'm like, representation matters. Mm -hmm. And then I had this opportunity where I actually felt it. Um, We did these eventing at Sephora when we had launched only in 15 stores across the country. So this was June of 2022 Mm -hmm. and it's Indigenous Peoples Month. So of course, everyone loves to pay attention to Indigenous people during that month, but you know, yeah, so so be it. But we got to do these events and I'm in the Eaton Center and I had no idea that Sephora had paid for this like massive billboard in the center of the mall and it was our branding and it's like Mm -hmm. cheapo now those bullets for so I'm sitting at the lower level that morning when I walk in and I was just like I was sobbing because I I had no idea they were doing Mm -hmm. that Mm. and I was thinking about my experience as a young girl I I lived with my dad for a time in Scarborough in native public housing Mm -hmm. and I was 12 and so at the time I've always and and I would come and we would he'd always be like what do you want to do this weekend and it was always something about going to the Eaton Center (laughs) I don't know why so I'm sitting in the Eaton Center and I was just thinking and all those years Mm -hmm. never would I ever have imagined me owning a brand that's available in a store like Sephora which is the biggest beauty retailer in the world and so that night you know all the Sephora clients are there and I'm putting blush on them and we're we're doing our thing but then this family walks in it's like an Anishinaabe family it was like Mm -hmm. the mom and auntie and uh the this little girl who was about 12 and her little brother and they were just so sweet and she was Mm -hmm. already had confidence that i 
certainly didn't yeah. have at that age. And she was telling me about her TikTok account and how she had to shut it down. And her brother's like, no, you didn't. They were just being yeah. kids. Yeah. But I'm driving home that night and I literally felt, I was like, oh my goodness, this is why this matters so yeah. much. Because those two kids are never going to question or not yeah. wonder what's possible They're for them. They're not going to like mm-hmm. know a world where those opportunities don't exist for them. Exactly. And I was just floored by that because yeah. I actually like felt it in my body that day. Well, and also like what you just touched on, like it's the where the representation also matters is like actually brands in like that are owned by the people that need to be represented, not brands yes. like just hiring people for yeah, indigenous people's month and going oh look we use models for the month of june yeah that's not actual representation it, for sure i feel like there's such a big issue with just lip service not in the beauty industry only but across everywhere, all everywhere. industries right yeah. where it's like it's kind of a one-off a little bit of tokenism and it's like oh hey we're part of this conversation it's like well maybe you should actually just support a company who's at its core about that yeah um I've heard you also talk about the narrative of a brand and how important the like communicating the narrative of your brand is as well. Is that something that you think makes you stand out uh, apart from, say, some of the other more European beauty standard centric companies that are maybe more so concerned with profits as they are uh, more so than they are about telling a compelling story that represents people who are maybe underrepresented? Yeah, it's it's for sure our story, Mm -hmm. the reason why we exist, I think why we've drawn such an incredible community. And most recently, I just received like a thank you card handwritten from a customer, which I'm like, when does that happen? Usually you get an email or a DM, right? So it arrived in the mail and I'm reading through it. And I just, again, recognized how much work we've actually done as Mm -hmm. a small indie brand in this space of being sustainable and bringing, I don't even like using the word clean anymore because it's so misused as along with sustainability because there's so much, you know, misinformation that's spread with those two, those two stories. But the client said, you know, her whole life because of an autoimmune disease could not use any products. And like most of our products are almost 99% and the minimum is 98% naturally derived. Like that's what we strive for. And then we've made these products not only natural, Mm -hmm. but efficacious. Like they're actually lasting. And and we've brought bold color to this category that people for, I don't know why they have not figured it out out for so long, but we've been able to do that. And so not only now, you know, uh, did we do the work of providing representation, but I feel like we're actually showing big brands and organizations what's possible Mm -hmm. if you just focus on the smaller things and I get it they're they're giant ships for them to turn around and work on projects like that's all I've been focused on for six years is like how do we actually make things sustainable Mm -hmm. and being so transparent with our audience and community that okay we tried this that doesn't work but like everything we sell is either refillable is made out of compostable mm-hmm. materials of some kind. And it's this whole idea of not us adding to the landfill. And we just did some some data collection. And just last year alone, um, it's over 100,000 units that won't go into a landfill because people chose to purchase from us. And I wow. hope we can... I hope our community grows mm-hmm. because I want that number to be in the millions, yeah, right? Like, make a choice when you buy a product mm-hmm. that you know you're not going to 
add to the landfill that you can make a choice about refillability or compostability. Well, and then also you saying that like bringing bold colors and things that I think other people, like in the past, maybe people felt like they had to sacrifice those things for sustainability or whatever. So being able to build a brand that, no, you don't have to sacrifice the quality of a product. You don't have to sacrifice. If you just put in a little bit of the elbow grease and the time and effort and focus on something in, and I think a lot of it probably has to come from the fact that you weren't in this space before. So like sometimes a new perspective is like, what can be best for especially I think an up-and-coming brand so then you're not sacrificing any of that to also then be sustainable and be supporting other like organizations by purchasing your products versus the next one in Sephora which is really cool as well especially if it's not directly going into landfills because again we don't need more lipsticks we don't need more lipsticks that are going and affecting our planet even more because like again when I go to Sephora and I look like those videos that are sometimes on TikTok where it's like about how much of the stuff goes into even the garbage out back and stuff like that mm-hmm. like it stresses me out the overconsumption of it some <laughs> so many organizations choose to throw things away versus actually giving it away or selling it we will absolutely never do that we yeah. had I think like a bunch of cases of lipstick they've expired so we we know we can't mm-hmm. sell them or donate them yeah and so we actually worked with um one of the art directors in the school board and they're taking all of the waste products and actually making an art project out oh, of it. oh that's amazing and we will always look for opportunities yeah. like that so that we can avoid throwing you, things away as do you much think as that, possible do you think that that's maybe something that's missing in the industry is is I guess just having a baseline of approaching decision making with intention as opposed to maybe just pure profits. Absolutely. I mean they we they're old models and mm-hmm. they just don't work. They I think they work if you are greedy, right? Like mm-hmm. and and just want to be rich and wealthy <laughs> and and fill stakeholders yeah. pockets. I think they work then, but I don't think they work for this this space that we all want to live in and we mm-hmm. know that we're there's so many incredible human beings that I get to to meet mm-hmm. on this journey, and there's so many people that are more interested in doing things differently, and having the ability as an entrepreneur, like you, I I can't believe that you get to decide the kind of company you want mm-hmm. to make, and and we've been doing that from the beginning. We actually use what is called the Seven Grandfather Teachings, which is based in my Anishinaabe culture, mm-hmm. and they're simple things like love humility respect and how it relates to us and the mm-hmm. earth and those and then we made those are like our core values like mm-hmm. every organization has core values and then we're like how do we actually live and breathe that and I was doing you know the real business things like quarterly reviews with with one of our team members and they were just so proud to work somewhere she's like sometimes people talk about this but now that I've been here I see we're actually like living it and yeah. doing it. And it's really, it, it's really amazing. And I'm like, we're really small. We, we get to do that. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I can't promise that it will always, you know, when, if you have a big company and it's growing and I'm not there on mm-hmm. sort of the sidelines yeah. of almost everything, but you hope that you're training and developing people that want to see it continue on the way it is. And I do think though, that with like, I mean, with the cost of living going up and everything, I like to think that most humans would rather if they're going to be spending their like 25 35 40 dollars whatever on like a product that i think now people are taking it a little bit more seriously too when it comes to like purchasing power so like and more so purchasing with brands that align with core values or that actually put their money where their mouth is with sustainability and stuff like that so i do think i mean i feel it as a consumer that there feels like a shift have you felt that on like your side and feedback you get from customers as well 
Yeah, I think people have to really understand a lot of, so it takes a lot of education. Mm-hmm. I was did a speaking event in Alberta at the Recycling Council Conference last year, and mm-hmm. a woman came up to me. She's like, I've heard about your brand for years, but I have to be honest, I never bought anything because I was like, whoa, this is really expensive. Mm-hmm. Now, we're no different than Sephora prices, but mm-hmm. when it comes to drugstore, yeah, yes, of course. of course. But one of the statements that I always make in my keynote is y- y- we can't kid ourselves that a product that is perhaps $15 or under Um, In some cases, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to say everything, but we have to recognize that if you look on the label and find out where something's made, Mm -hmm. you're going to almost be guaranteed that a human being is being impacted in a negative way by the purchase of your product. And just because they're not Mm -hmm. from the same country you live in doesn't mean they deserve any more respect or more payment. And, Mm -hmm. And I think we have to look at that this way mm-hmm. this whole idea of like we've transferred where manufacturing is and how things are done because you know it's it's much it's less costly in these places mm-hmm. but we're 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 impacting humans in their lives right and it's it's i think it's awful that that we chose to make those decisions mm-hmm. and now we're not going to be perfect and so with sustainability it's like there is no silver bullet of course there's no black or white which is so hard for us as mm-hmm. human beings because we yeah. just love is this right or is this <laughs> yeah. wrong mm-hmm. no it means it's work on our part we have to ask a lot more questions of brands uh, and and that will help you make your decision as a consumer but our community is certainly made up of people that fully understand Mm -hmm. that but to convert it's a heck of a lot harder we can't do that with one facebook ad right yeah like they have to hear the whole story they have to like understand the bigger picture and Mm -hmm. then so when it's like at what cost it's like well it's at the cost of like sustainability supporting community like there's Mm -hmm. so many other layers in it and you're right when if you're able to get like makeup products that are anything under 50, like it's, it's not coming. It's in either mass manufacturing or it's not like with the best products. It doesn't have that cruelty free stamp on it. It doesn't like, there's so many layers to it. I think that when the, yeah, you're right. It takes the education part, which I think sometimes people aren't necessarily. Do you find that growth is, is maybe a little bit slower in that sense, but maybe you're, you're, you're winning over customers that are going to be there for the long term, whereby, you know, someone who really identifies with what we're talking about here can then, you know, convince their friends over a a longer period of time, but you're winning over Mm -hmm. customers probably for life. Uh, in that case, I'd say the longevity, it'd be like, once you've hooked them, they're like there for life. It feels like, yeah. And our, it's this is crazy because our customer return rate is almost sixty percent, right? Which is huge, oh wow! Right in in oh. the retail space. So Especially once we have makeup. a customer, yeah. they they come back. We it, it baffles me. Like I always look at like the top one hundred, mm-hmm. and we're talking like 40, 60 orders for some of these folks, and it's that's insane. I was wow. like, wow, they've been supporting us for years and and buying a lot of products. That's a lot of makeup. Yeah. Um. But then we'll get little messages where like now I'm all everything I'm buying is yours and Mm -hmm. they really they do they they're really here to support that and they love what we're doing it's just it's a long game I've I've you know you want it fast as the entrepreneur not fast in the sense that it it would be damaging but of course you want to grow at faster Mm -hmm. rates sometimes I think we can be a bit impatient and then when you work with a big retailer Mm -hmm. their expectations of your growth is huge next next let's go let's go you're an end aisle so you should be getting the ad (laughs) I used to work in yeah I can imagine like it would just be like and it's I was never in retail like my Mm -hmm. experience all came from like uh, hospitality so you're dealing in sort of the other side of things mm-hmm. so retail is a whole different world for me and we've been on this learning curve but I think you know I really am still passionate about just doing things slowly and mm-hmm. thoughtfully 
and you know you hope these retailers understand your way of doing business and want to continue doing business with you yeah what are some of the other pain points of being i guess like a first-time entrepreneur you know going from dream to writing a business yeah. plan and tr- i guess doing all of the things that go into starting a brand i couldn't start to name well, like, them i would be like it, it the dream about lip gloss what was your first did you just google how do you make lip gloss yeah. <laughs> so that was the crazy part that it was so easy now really i used what was called it's called private label mm-hmm. and right. you're buying a product and it was that was so easy so i had found someone in toronto that does that but a year in now i'm like oh that brand that I just saw on social media is clearly using the same supplier. Yeah. And then in 2018, I got to sit in the boardroom of Sephora Canada because I applied for their accelerator program. Mm-hmm. And they looked at the products. They invited me in. They knew what the products were. But I think they were excited about the idea of this brand I was mm-hmm. building. Mm-hmm. But they were like, those products will absolutely never sit on our shelf. Oh, wow. Yeah, because anyone can do it. Because if anyone yeah. can do it, right. then it's like, then what gives you the allure of going to support exactly. a purchase? Like, oh, interesting. So I left that meeting and I was like, okay, I always knew those weren't the products of my dreams. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't have a ton of money. I don't come from generational wealth. Yeah, of course. Um, and so this started with $500 in this corner of my mm-hmm. basement. And I was, re, you know, small, minim- back in. small minimums. I could take pictures with my phone. I uploaded a Shopify store. All mm-hmm. that part was relatively simple. What has been the most challenging is what I chose to do and build a lab at our headquarters in St. Catharines, hire a chemist, work with sustainability scientists, and I couldn't do that without investment. And so in 2019, just before going on Dragon's Den, that's when we had met with our investment, who are our investment partners today, Raven Capital, uh, but would not have been able to do any of that without their money and this this vision of how can we truly transform and make mm-hmm. sustainable products. And then also, then you get to go on things like Dragon's Den. Like that, they don't pick up anybody unless they have a great story as well. What was that experience like? And was it a turning point in the business for you? Yes. Yes. So major turning point. Yeah. But I had tried out three times before getting on. Really? Oh, you had to, really? You had three, three times? years in a row. Yeah. And it was I didn't the realize there's that many businesses in Canada. To be, <laughs> that sounds crazy, but I guess there is. But I just like didn't realize that many people would be auditioning every year to go in Dragon's Den. Mm-hmm. So the third time I finally got selected and then you get selected mm-hmm. and you don't know if your episode is even going to make it to air. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. you go and you do... And you tape for just an hour, just over. So yeah. the segment is like seven minutes. So it's really edited um, differently than it actually happens. Yeah, of course. My kids make fun of me because they're like, "Mom, you were on TV for seven minutes and crying for six. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I'm, I'm." Jen Harper cries a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a producer, and I don't know what I'm. Someone that always goes, "I don't know what crying makes good TV." So I, I, I understand. Like it's unfortunate, but I understand. Like exactly, yeah. that's how an edit would have gone. They were like, "This is gold." Like, yeah, <laughs> emotional gold. Yes, exactly. Let's get Emo- the audience. A hundred percent. But you turned down the offer on Dragon's Den. Yeah, there was a fifty percent offer, and I was like, "And you know who was rooting for me? Michelle and Arlene. They yeah. just kept yelling, you 'You're too soon. You have a good business.'" Mm-hmm. Just too soon. Do mm-hmm. not give up any equity. Oh. And that is the best advice you could possibly receive. But when yeah. you're a new entrepreneur, I can tell you, you want this to keep growing. You need mm-hmm. capital. And I don't know what I would do if I was desperate. But in my back pocket, while taping Dragon's Den, 
Raven Capital had given me a term sheet for $350,000 with no equity. It was a convertible note, which meant I could either pay it back at this reasonable interest rate, that 350, or they're going to convert that into equity. And we have then become equity partners. Amazing. Oh, Oh, so then you weren't like, so then that's amazing. You don't have to be desperate. Because I can imagine as a new entrepreneur, especially if you're like still new to the space and you have all these things that you know are coming up, you're like, oh my God, I'm building a lab. I'm doing all this. And then you're standing there. It's like, it also, I feel like, and maybe you can speak to this, did it almost feel like a game show to a certain point though too? Because it feels like a competition, like you win if you get an investment almost. Like, does it kind of feel like that in the way that it's built up? It does, yeah. I also knew in in all honesty, I'm like, okay, if this, if we can say Cheekbone Beauty on TV, you're going to get there. a lot of yeah. hits yeah. to your website. And, yeah. and then what I also recognized is they replay stuff too. So you can yep. feel the residual effects mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. dragon's den effect as, as we call it, uh, go on for, for a lot longer. Cause then it went on to Netflix for a few years oh, after yeah. that, which was really cool. Cause we would see bumps and we're like, Oh, it must be the Netflix uh, effect. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, me and Megan, um, the founder of soul kissed on, and she had just recently come off of dragon's den. And she said, even just the marketing, being able to say you were on dragon's den, mm-hmm. there's something she goes, it's unfortunate, especially with a lot of female entrepreneurs that they have to be like legitimized to these yeah. like, corporate bros and stuff. But she said any, corporate bro as soon as she said I make a sunglasses brand they're like oh but she goes but I was on Dragon's Den they immediately take her more seriously it's unfortunate that that's how it has to go but she does say it helps legitimize and helps with your marketing like going forward as well it's true because think of all the people that don't make it to the show so if you actually got on the show then you definitely have a higher Mm -hmm. caliber business uh, than a lot of other folks Mm -hmm. so that would definitely give you some street credibility and it is those relationships sometimes that you make on purpose for that right well and also you never know who's watching like who's like right i'm sure like maybe there's a buyer for some store that like just maybe that's how they figure out new business i mean that'd be a smart way i had an investor call after the show right a few not just one Mm -hmm. like reaching out if i was still seeking capital so that's the thing it's like more than just the five people Mm -hmm. in the chairs which is really smart it's like more outward there's like way Mm -hmm. more opportunity than even you'd think I want to jump back because we talked a good amount about sustainability as a kind of a core value of the business. But I know, and I think you even referenced it at the beginning of the episode, that you, supporting Indigenous youth, youth is also something that's important to you. Um, and there's a scholarship fund, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So funny, it was part of this dream, but I was never able to fulfill that part until 2021 when we launched in Sephora. We then use every September 30th, which is called Orange Shirt Day or now Mm -hmm. National Truth and Reconciliation Day. We use that day to launch a new product every single year. And it's orange of some variation Mm -hmm. or range of orange for obvious reasons. And then we use all of the profits for that product to go to our scholarship fund. So in year one, we were only able to give one scholarship in 2021. Last year we gave five and this year we're giving 10. And oh my we God. announced Feb, Feb first will be the announcement for all 10 winners of the That's scholarship. That's so exciting. And we had over 350 applicants this year, oh, wow. which just means mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my goodness, there are so many more to give. Mm-hmm. And if you asked my team, we're like 95% of those applications, we would say yes to, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like they were just so good. So I'm so proud of these indigenous mm-hmm. youth and all of the things they're working on. Like it's absolutely heartwarming and wild to see like Mm -hmm. and it's yeah being a part of that our first winner of the scholarship fund her name was Jody 
and then the second year we actually named the lip gloss after her because we have a, we had a Jody gloss. But every item that comes out for this is very limited edition. We never yeah. recreate it. So the Jody gloss it, it existed once and now it's gone. But she became a lawyer and now she's back in her home community supporting her community. Like I she went and did all the work and her whole goal was always to go back to community and, and support. And think- it's just so amazing to be a part of that. I feel like it's so tangible too for like your consumers too as well to be able to like like actually see the effect that you're wearing. If you're wearing our product, you have helped somebody get a scholarship. Yeah. And then you see the grassroots actual impact of then actually going back and supporting. So one we were talking about representation earlier and Golden Globe winner slash Oscar nominated. We were talking about the Oscars a lot actually before you got (laughs) here. Lily Gladstone was seen wearing cheekbone beauty like what like what did that mean to you one and it's is that just like the crazy like is that like craziest like level of like where this brand has like and shown you the growth of like how mainstream and like literally like the biggest in one of the biggest movies of the year isn't that like Mm -hmm. it's crazy yeah it's crazy and it's all because of her so her makeup artist is a celebrity makeup artist nick burroughs from Mm -hmm. los angeles and he reaches out and asked us for a whole bunch of product because he does Lily's makeup. And we're like, oh, this is sweet. That's nice. Mm-hmm. I do an event. We won- I won an award. And so we went to Los Angeles to accept it. And we were doing an event at one of our um, JCPenney locations there, mm-hmm. as well as a- another beauty store, 13 Loon, that we sell out of. And he came to the event. So I got to meet him in person. And he was so sweet. And he shared with me, he's like, Lily, he's like, I, I'm going to apologize because I hope you don't think it was me that did all this. Mm-hmm. She specifically asked us to wow. use your products. And Chanel is the sponsor. Like, they're not supposed to yeah. do that. But for other projects that where mm-hmm. Chanel wasn't sponsoring, he used it wherever he could. And despite being Chanel being the main sponsor at the Golden Globes and the Oscars coming up, he still used our product. And it, it was it's just phenomenal that that's what community can do. And I had no idea, but there's a ton of celebrities that know about our brand, mm-hmm. use our products, and it's been pretty incredible. From the beginning, I had no idea that like Ryan Reynolds follows Cheekbone Beauty and he only follows like five, or at the time only followed like 500 accounts. And my marketing manager, uh, I was re- looking at the stories the one day and mm-hmm. I was like, Vansity Reynolds has watched our story? Like, what the hell is happening? And she's like, he follows our account. You didn't know that? I'm like, no. Like, how would I know? And it was the first time I think my kids were like, okay, my mom's cool. legitimate now, right? Got a little cool. Yeah. In the, uh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's like, when they realized that like, oh, mom's cool now. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds. That's so oh, that's cool. Amazing. But I also think like, it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of like, real authentic representation. Like what Lily Gladstone has been doing on like the mainstream media circuit, like, taking like her platform and like everything she's been wearing jewelry dresses every like has all been like indigenous owned brands so even now knowing that's like the makeup on her face as well just like it just goes to show the importance of representation because it's not just about lily gladstone being the first indigenous like actor to be in this position but it's also the fact that then the ripple effect like you said of community that she's then supporting so many other people and entrepreneurs and communities outwardly that way which I think is like the more powerful thing than ever. Like, mm-hmm. like it's not, it's, and when we've talked about like, not just putting your money, where, like put your money where your mouth is and like, not just like the people that like do checking boxes or whatever yeah. it might be. It goes to show that like, like the authenticity matters so much. And it just, it like makes me so happy. I just got chills like with, talking with that. Cause I think it just like, it's, it's not, it doesn't go without 
being seen like that's just so important and you know what it actually made me do like as much as I try to support smaller indigenous businesses or other Mm -hmm. indigenous women entrepreneurs at the end of last year after this all started happening with after meeting Nick I was like you know what I got serious I've always had this idea about starting an indigenous beauty collective like a group of Uh other indigenous people that are in the beauty space Mm -hmm. and doing things um you know, as authentically as we are trying to do, right? Like they're they're making, formulating, and they're thinking about sustainability. Because when I think about Indigenous beauty, I almost look at it now as this is a category that Cheekbone has led the way in creating. Meaning when you hear the word Indigenous beauty, I want people to think of natural ingredients and I want people to think of sustainability. And we're carving out this space in the beauty industry because French beauty exists. Like pe- that's known for like perfume and red mm-hmm. lipstick or mm-hmm. or Korean beauty is all about excellent skincare, right? So all of these other cultures or Ayurvedic beauty, right? Oh, like that's so the, true. Yeah, they yeah. all have their reason for existing and their meaning. And, and so I'm like Cheekbone and now these other beauty brands, we will all share this space and we'll be a part of this, this collective called Indigenous Beauty. And then the world will then start to recognize and understand mm-hmm. what we bring to the, the beauty industry. Well, I mean, I even noticed you're wearing it like an awning, like sweatsuit, <laughs> like, and that's another Indigenous own brand, which yeah. I adore. I have my like, favorite bucket hats, like are from there. So like the good. best, they used to be up at Sacked Market. Uh, so even that is just like goes to show the community supporting community and then it like creates a larger ripple effect everywhere else and then that goes back to what you said about the kid looking up at the Sephora billboarder that will never know a world where their like people are represented and have a space and they'll never know a world that doesn't exist that way which I think is really powerful and that's like amazing the work that you're doing I really respect it Thank you. So we actually, Cheekbone Beauty is so kind and they are giving all of our listeners a code. You can use the code TALKINGFAST20 if you want a discount on these incredible products, which I'm literally going to go and fill up my basket now once I go home because I'm so excited. I love the ripple effect. I love everything that you guys are doing. What is like your final thing that you would hope that our listeners are left with after like learning more about your brand or what you'd want to leave them with? Yeah, that we're, we're beauty made for every every human. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. A lot of times I think when I started, people would actually think it's just for indigenous people. Mm-mm. But I was like, no, lamb comb is not just for yeah. French people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same true. thing. Yeah. Same that's thing. true. And, and I just, I don't want people to feel bad for thinking that because yeah, we have sometimes reasons for thinking things mm-hmm. that are preconceived ideas that were put into our heads, not by us on purpose a long time. Well, some, sometimes maybe on purpose. <laughs> but um, I just want to, everyone to know it's for every human. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on Talking Fast. I hope we have you again soon. I can't wait to watch this brand grow and follow along with it. And thank you to all of you for listening to this episode of Talking Fast. We are here every single Wednesday. We'll see you next week. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 